What's up, what's up, fans of the beautiful game? Welcome to episode 15 of the DKB Footy Show. And this week, the Champions League returned and it did not disappoint as usual. But this particular set of games was actually like extraordinary. The number of goals, the number of absolute belters that came out from almost every single match was just something beautiful to watch. And without further ado, I think it's just right that we start off with a Champions League recap. So, first match I'm going to talk about is um, Tottenham Hotspurs falling two goals to four at Wembley against Barcelona. To be honest, going into this match, I actually thought Spurs had a pretty good chance of of winning this. I mean, if you go on recent form, Barcelona has has only has not won any of their last three or four matches, or have only won one match out of their last four. Um, Spurs have been on like on a bit of form. I mean, they've been winning their their last few matches. I think they've won like two or three straight. Aside from that, I was really judging this based off of last season and how they actually got the better of Real Madrid when Real Madrid met them at Wembley. They won that match, I believe, 2-1 or is it 3-1? And they topped the group. And I thought actually that this time around they would be able to do the same against the Barcelona team that, in my opinion, hasn't really been that impressive this season and hasn't really been impressive in, in Europe for the past few years. But boy, was I wrong. I mean... When a certain Mr. Lionel Messi decides to show up, form is thrown out the window because we all know form is temporary, class is permanent. And this was definitely the case in this match. I mean, Messi, he really ran the show from start to finish. Every single goal, he was involved in all the goals. Let's start off with the first one. Look at that like little um, movement that he gave in the middle of the park. And then that absolutely exquisite through ball that he gave to Jordi Alba. And Jordi Alba was able to pass it on to Coutinho, who was able to finish into an empty net. But what the hell was Hugo Lloris thinking, though? That was really, really stupid defending. I mean, I get that he's really quick off the line. And he's, yeah, he's one of the fastest keepers to really go off the line and and stuff out any danger. But he had a lot of cover. I mean... Jordi Alba was ahead of most of the Spurs players when he got the ball, but he was more or less on the edge of the box. I mean, there was more than enough time for the Spurs defenders to be able to cover him up and not let him pick out a pass or anything. But Hugo Lloris just, like, ran off from his post without thinking. Like, sometimes he does that and sometimes you, like, wonder why he does it. I mean, this is not the first time he has done that. But this was particularly damaging. And this was, like, in the first few minutes of the game which was even more stupid. So, yeah, he got punished for it. Coutinho with a beautiful finish. And the second goal was equally impressive with that pass from Messi. Another beautiful through ball from Messi onto Jordi Alba again, who crossed the ball and Coutinho got the first shot which was blocked by a defender and then right before the shot was um went off for a corner he was able to quickly pick out 
Ivan Rakitic and boy oh boy Rakitic came out with an absolute belter I mean that was beautiful technique that volley was just excellent no keeper in the world could have stopped that as the commentator said it was just absolutely um point blank it was perfect the way he the technique he used with both feet off the ground the way he struck that ball and it hit the bar as well which is always goals that hit the bar and go straight in are always like so beautiful to watch and yeah barcelona were two goals up and then eventually harry kane responded to make it 2-1 with an, another like beautiful finish i like the way he got the ball on his left like he was able to cut inside to his right foot he took a defender out i think it was umtiti took him out and finished with a beautiful with a beautiful little um curved finish curved ground ball and it looked like spurs are going to be back in the game but uh mr messi had other ideas again and the movement the whole team play for that third goal was also quite brilliant i like the way the cross came in from alba and luis suarez had the awareness i don't know if messi called for the ball or what but he had the absolute awareness to just give that dummy and messi just had to basically give a good finish to slot it to the to the bottom left of his um of his side and Barcelona came back in control of the match. Messi got a deserved goal. And moments later, Lamela was able to get a deflected shot in that made it 3-2 and it was game on once again. But then the fourth goal came and just killed the game off with another beautiful um, Suarez dummy. And Messi just had all the time in the world to pick a spot and he did that excellently as he always does with that much space given and Barcelona got the 4-2 win so Barcelona is on top of that group with six points alongside Inter but Spurs man like this is two matches that they definitely had good chances of winning and they just faltered in both they're with zero points and I really don't know if they're gonna make it out of this group they have all to play for I mean, luckily for them, they still get to play into Milan at home. And let's be honest, if they had beaten Barcelona, it would have been more like a bonus than an actual expected win. And also, they've got the doubleheader actually against PSV. I mean, PSV is no walk in the park, but I think if Spurs have any chance of come, of going through in this group, they have to win the both games home and away. But yeah, that was a beautiful match, man. Messi, when he's on form, it's really hard to play against him, honestly. The guy is just great. Barcelona said that they were out to win the Champions League this season and they definitely have started like that was their intention. So on to the next match. We had another good game on paper with Napoli against Liverpool. That one ended 1-0, but I don't think really that told the full story because i think napoli i didn't watch the game but the highlights that i watched were almost entirely all napoli chances from the beginning to the end and they got the goal in the during stoppage time but it was more than fully deserved insignia got the finish 
and Napoli definitely deserve to win this match. Congratulations to them and it has actually blown this group wide open because PSG were able to get a win and that means PSG is on three points, Liverpool's on three and Napoli is on four points. But yeah, disappointing for Liverpool as well because they have started the get the season so well, but now they've lost two of their last three matches, albeit the two losses are not in the Premier League, which is where everybody expects them to really play their best. But nevertheless, they've gone three straight matches without a win, and that's not really good for them considering the fact that they're going to be playing Man City this weekend. But I'll get back to that later on. Good win for Napoli, though. Very, very good win for them. Ancelotti showed his credentials, especially in the Champions League. It's not a coincidence that this guy has won so many Champions League titles. And it was nice to see him get that win. On to the next. Hoffenheim 1 against Manchester City 2. This also looked like it was going to be another banana skin for Manchester City. They gave up a goal in the first minute literally with that poor defending there was a back pass that the um, Hoffenheim striker I forget his name but he was able to score and definitely Hoffenheim looked very very threatening in the counter-attack there were a lot of times that they were able to expose Manchester City um, but Manchester City were able to get an equalizer in the seventh minute through Aguero and in the second half I mean both teams were creating chances Manchester City definitely had more possession they created more chances but every time Hoffenheim were able to like string like three or four or five passes together they were inside the Manchester City half and inside their danger zone and it always looked like there was a chance that Hoffenheim could score but they didn't. They missed their chances. And David Silva was able to get the winner in the dying minutes of the match as well. But that being said, Manchester, Manchester City got the win. But they're definitely not looking like title contenders. I mean, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, they don't really, they don't really fuck up in these kind of matches. But Manchester City has. They got the win, but they easily could have lost or drawn this. So... Yeah, let's see if they're really the title contenders, the Champions League favourites that the bookies have. I really don't see them as that. I mean, they've got really talented players, but I don't know. I don't really see Manchester City like going past the quarterfinals this year as well. Maybe they can get to the semis if they have a good draw, but they're not winning it, not in my opinion. And it's not because I'm a Manchester Manchester United fan, but they just... Really, I mean, they look great whenever they play in the league, but when they play in Europe, man, they just look like a different, a different animal. On to the last Premier League team, and this was Manchester United, another draw at home, nil nil, scoreless against Valencia. And usually, maybe we could say Valencia is like a tough team; they're really hard to beat. But this season, Valencia have actually been quite shit. They've only won one match in the league. And really, Manchester United should not have 
should not have really approached the game the way they did. It was such a drab affair, so boring. I mean, lack of the lack of chances was just appalling. In the first 15 minutes, it looked like Manchester United were really ready to take the game to Valencia. They were creating a lot of a few chances. They were like were stringing some good passes together. Every time Valencia were able to get the ball, Manchester United pressed high, collected the ball back and kept on attacking but that just wore off as the game went on and honestly Valencia even has some good chances that a team in better form would have actually finished off I mean they didn't really create any clear-cut chances but you could tell that like a lot of the the attacks the build-ups that they had in the opposition half if they had just gotten maybe one or two more passes properly um, done together they would have been able to cut open the United defense and get a goal. But United, I mean, it was kind of expected. They've really not been playing well for the past few weeks or this whole season, to be honest. It really seems like it's just counting down until the day Mourinho gets sacked at this point because he has definitely lost his dressing room. They don't look like they have any passion to play for him. And he sometimes doesn't even look like he has the passion anymore. Like, listen to his press conferences. Whenever United lose, like after they lost against Derby County, and even after this match, I mean, he was just like, yeah, it was it was, it was not good, not a good result. We didn't deserve it. He didn't even really, like, spend time, like, digging into his players like he usually does. This was really more of just, I don't know, it, it seemed like he had just given up on this hope of winning anything this season. And it seems like he doesn't want to obviously be the one to resign. He wants to get sacked because he's going to get a payout, a really handsome payout once he gets sacked. We're talking in the realms of like 20 plus million pounds. But honestly, I think it's worth it for United to do that. They need to get rid of this guy. It's obvious that nothing is going to come off from this season as long as he's still in charge. And we're still not even a quarter way past, a quarter way through the season. So there's still a chance for somebody else to be hired and for the season to turn around. But the question is who? Who is going to be hired? Who is it going to be Zidane, Antonio Conte? It seems like Zidane is not even really interested in the position. Even if he was, I don't really know if United is really the job that he should take after the success he had with Real Madrid. I don't really see Zidane as somebody who is going to thrive in the Premier League, but I could be wrong. I don't know, but it seems like he's not really interested in the job. Antonio Conte, that's a name that really hasn't popped up so much, but I suspect it's going to really pop up a lot more in the coming weeks once um, Mourinho gets sacked. Uh, yeah, enough about that match. Next match, Siska Moscow defeated Real Madrid 1-0. Real Madrid as well, man. They look like they're almost in panic mode. I don't want to say panic mode because really they're still top of the league, joint top of the league with Barcelona. They won their opening match. And despite this loss, they should still qualify from the group. I mean, they beat Roma, who are their biggest challengers in this group. So despite the loss, yeah, they, they still, they're still fine. But that being said, they 
definitely do not look anything close to the threats that they were in the past few years. It's so obvious that Ronaldo is not in this team and there is no other player that can really pick up the mantle. Bill was doing it earlier in the season, but he's gotten injured as he usually does, which is sad for him because he really isn't able to keep keep fit. But even if he was, I mean, he was fit against Atletico Madrid and that ended nil-nil. Seems like Julian Lopetegui, I don't know if he's really the right man for this job. I could definitely see him getting sacked, like even by mid-season, if nothing really changes, because that's the way Florentino Perez operates. He doesn't waste time. He'll get rid of you as soon as he sees that you are not really, like nothing good can come out from you. And yeah, this is, I think, as well for Madrid, this is the third straight game that they're failing to win. Third straight match that they're even failing to score which is like unheard of. I mean, when was the last time? I remember, was it last season or the season before? Under Zidane, they they broke the record for longest consecutive number of games to go, like, to score. I think they were able to score in like 45 straight consecutive games. They were able to score at least one goal. And to go from that, to go three games without, a, without a, even one goal, not even to talk of winning, but just the fact that they can't score. I mean, like that's that just raises alarm bells, in my opinion. But it's still early in the season. They're lucky that they're in a league where they really only have one and a half challengers. <laughs> uh, let me say two challengers with Atletico Madrid, who actually seem like legitimate threats this season. But yeah, it's not really looking good for Real Madrid right now. Next match, we've got Juventus 3, Young Boys nil. Paulo Dybala hat-trick. He really needed this. He really needed a strong performance like this after the poor second half of last season he had and the really shaky start he's had to this season, even sometimes being dropped to the bench, losing his place to Fernando Benadeschi. But yeah, Juventus made easy work of Young Boys, which was always expected. Ronaldo serving his one-match ban in this match. And they had no issues dispelling young boys. Dybala got the hat-trick, which I said, yeah, was good for him. That first goal, the pass from Bonucci was just exquisite. And the finish was just equally so. And they've got the double header against United in the next two matches. So... I really feel bad for United, man, because, I don't know, Juventus, they're definitely not going to take it easy when they come to Old Trafford. But enough about that. Bayern Munich, another team that is definitely under pressure, that is definitely underperforming this season. They drew 1-1 against Ajax at the Allianz Arena. Very poor display from them. I didn't watch this match, but I saw the highlights. And really, Ajax had as many chances as Bayern had. So it seemed like it was actually a fair result. It wasn't one of those matches where maybe um, Ajax nicked a goal and sat back. Nah, like they had a lot of chances, just as many as Bayern had. And Bayern has also really been dipping in form. They're second in the Bundesliga right now. They lost to Hertha Berlin 2-0. I think they drew their previous match against Eintracht Frankfurt. And this match as well, drawing 
1-1 to Ajax. Seemed like this was a very easy group on paper that they should have just steamrolled through, but it doesn't seem to be the case. And this team just looks like they really need some fresh blood in their in, in the squad. I mean, Robin and Ribery, for how many years are you going to keep on relying on those guys? They're both like 34, 35 years old. They're so old, man. Like, it's obvious that they're not at the level that they once were. And even the younger guys, I mean, Kingsley Coleman, I guess he's been injured, but still, I don't really rate him as the next big thing. Neither do I rate Serge Gnabry that highly. They could be decent players, maybe sixes, seven out of tens every week, but they're definitely not world-class potential, in my opinion, at least. Maybe Coleman could be, but they haven't shown any indication that they're ready to replace Robin and Ribery if anything happens, if they get injured. And Robert Lewandowski, man, he definitely looks like he needs a fresh start as well in a new club. I still rate him as the best number nine in the world. But last season and this season, yeah, he's really looking like he needs to leave the club. I know he wanted to leave, but he didn't get his move over the summer, which was surprising. I thought Real Madrid were going to really go all in for him but they didn't he stayed back and he's really suffering for it man he's not looking like the same player i mean he's still scoring goals here and there but he doesn't look like the threat that he used to be and that whole Bayern squad i don't yeah they like a lo- couple of the guests Thiago Alcantara as well really don't really see anything special from him anymore David Alaba who was rated as the best left back in the world just a couple years ago right now he's not really pulling any trees man so that team definitely needs some fresh blood i don't know if Nico kovac is really the man for the job but that being said it's Bayern. it's the bundesliga they could afford to lose the next five matches straight and they could still win the league the champions league though i really don't see them as contenders i never saw them as contenders since the beginning of this of the season and i still don't see them as that now so yeah PSG, they beat Red Star Belgrade six goals to one, and a certain Neymar scored a hat trick, a beautiful hat trick with a free kick, two free kicks, two excellently placed free kicks on the on either side of the of the goal, and a second goal which was a nice finish as well. Well, yeah, that was against Red Star Belgrade, so of course they were going to just stomp all over them i guess this is the level of competition that they used to beating every week in in ligon <laughs> so no surprises here the real test is going to come when they play liverpool again and when they play napoli i guess they've got a double head against napoli so that should be interesting that's going to be very interesting actually it's going to be cool to see how which teams prevail because i can definitely see napoli getting something out of out of either one of the matches, certainly at home. I wouldn't put it beyond Napoli beating PSG at home. I mean, they beat Liverpool, so that would really not be a shock for me. But it was a good win for them, though. Yeah, nice 6-1 win. Neymar looked unplayable. But we all know they're not going to be graded on results like this. They're going to be graded by what they can do if they can finally go past the quarterfinals, which has really been this huge brick wall that they've 
been unable to break through since the Qatari billionaires took over. And yeah, we've got Roma. They beat Club Bruges by... Sorry, no, not Roma. Atletico Madrid beat Club Bruges three goals to one. Griezmann got a goal. Griezmann got two goals. Koke got one goal. And... It was, a, it was a good match for them. But shout out to Danjuma, Ar- Arnold Danjuma. That was such a great finish in that match, man. That beautiful right-footed shot from the edge of the box. Oh, like no keeper could have saved that either. That was unstoppable. But I guess that was the highlight of the match. It was nice because they made it 1-1. But Atletico Madrid didn't really have too many issues. And they won this one three goals to one. Borussia Dortmund also beat Monaco three goals to nil. They're looking like they're in really good form. Lucien Favre looks like he's actually bringing out the best in this team. Finally, after since Jurgen Klopp left, Tuchel had a decent run, but they've really not looked like they could win the league. But this season, it looks like there are brighter years ahead for Borussia Dortmund. So it was good for them to, to get this win against Monaco. Monaco, on the other hand, man, they, they've sold all of those players that got to the semifinals two years ago. Ironically enough, this was actually a rematch of, of the quarterfinals two years ago after Borussia Dortmund had that bomb that was planted in their bus. The, the bomb attack on their bus, yeah, which led to a couple, injuries get, a couple players getting injured. So, yeah, they were able to get the win this time around. Three goals to nil against Monaco. Yeah, very good win for them. And this is actually a very interesting group as well because it's Dortmund, Monaco, Atletico Madrid and Club Bruges. And Dortmund and Atletico Madrid are going to have a double header. That's going to be a very interesting clash of really divergent styles of play. And it's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top on that. But it definitely looks like they're going to be number one and two when this group is finalized. AS Roma beat Victoria Pilsen five goals to nil. This was a very good win for them. They've had a rocky start to the season as well, but very good good win for Roma. Beautiful hat-trick for a certain Edin Dzeko, who really goes under the radar, but definitely deserves a lot of accolades, man, for the level of performance that he has really raised his game up to especially in the past few years i mean he's always been good i've never really doubted his quality but in the past two seasons he's really stepped up to a new level in my opinion and it was a good hat-trick for him justin cliver got his first goal in a roma jersey in the champions league at least i don't know if he scored in the league but all all in all good win for them as i said earlier it's gonna probably be them and real madrid to qualify from this group so no surprises that they were able to get this 5-0 win and lastly last of the notable matches i wanted to talk about was psv1 inter milan 2 inter milan celebrated their first back-to-back wins in the champions league in 12 years can you believe that but yeah they got the nice win and they've got six points alongside barcelona and they really look well-placed to qualify from this group, barring any meltdown in the last few matches. It's unfortunate for them, though, that they've got Barcelona a doubleheader against Barca. But honestly, I 
can see them nicking at least a point from one of these two matches. They definitely have a good shot of winning the match at the San Siro. It's going to be a very interesting match. I really look forward to that when it comes through. But that's about it for the Champions League. Um, very all in all, very entertaining round of fixtures. A lot of goals, never disappointing. But the number of quality goals, man, that was just something something exceptional. That was really nice. Um, but yeah, let's move on over to domestic football, which returns this weekend. Start off in the Premier League, obviously, as usual. And before I talk about the fixtures, let's just give a moment to talk about the Chelsea-Liverpool match, which ended 1-1. Guys, I was really proud of myself. So, you know, I live in Australia and the timing for the matches is is really awkward. I mean, this match was at 2.30 a.m. and I had work the following, that morning actually at 6 a.m. But I wanted to actually experience the the thrill of this match like it was a live match so what i did was that i didn't watch the match live but i turned off every single one of my phone notifications i didn't check any social media i turned off my one football app for live scores i didn't read any texts no text messages at all no whatsapp messages and i went throughout work for eight straight hours, I did not really look at my phone because I wanted to get back home and watch this game. And I'm so happy because I wasn't disappointed. I was disappointed by the scoreline, but by the actual run of play, by the way the game went, oh, I was not disappointed at all. That was a very exciting match, man. Chelsea scored the goal in the first half through Eden Hazard, who is just in another world man he's his form is just beautiful this season sari looks like he's finally going to get the best out of this guy because in my opinion i've been saying that he'd been over underachieving that's eden hazard in my opinion i think he'd been he had actually not been living up to his potential i feel like since that first season where he won the league under Mourinho, he's really just stayed on that level and hasn't really shown that he can raise his game up to a whole nother level he always had the potential, but he never really did it. But this season, it looks, it looks like he's actually going to do it. And that finish, man, that was a beautiful finish. The way he took it on his left foot, grounded shot, he took the keeper a bit unawares. He took Allison unawares and he just placed it so perfectly to the right-hand side of the goal. And Chelsea got the 1-0 lead that lasted all through the first half and most of the second half. But all throughout that time, both chances, both teams created very good chances. But I would say Liverpool slightly edged it, in my opinion. They had the the more clear-cut chances. It's really visible that that front three of Firmino, Sal, uh, Salah and Mane are really not gelling the way they did last season. They're creating chances quite all right. They're linking up very, very well. But when it just comes to that final killer pass or that finish, Salah especially, he just seems to falter, man. He was missing a lot of chances. I mean, I never really expected him to score another 31 goals or 32 goals in the league again. But I still expect him to be able to get up to 20 goals or even 25 goals, which in my opinion is going to be 
more than enough to justify him not being a one-season wonder. But this game, though, he didn't really play his best and he was substituted. But then, in came Daniel Sturridge, the super sub, with that absolute, absolutely incredible screamer that he scored. One of the best goals of his career, man. It was a really beautiful goal. It couldn't happen to somebody who deserved it more because of all the injuries that he had been going through over the past few seasons. But yeah, he got the goal. The match ended 1-1 and it was a very fair result in my opinion. Maybe Liverpool edged it slightly, but you could argue that that was because Chelsea got the first goal and really the impetus, the impetus to attack and to score was more on Liverpool because they needed to get back in the game. But all in all, I think Chelsea showed from this match that they should be taken seriously this season. I know they've been winning the past few matches, but I didn't want to really rate them as title contenders. I'm still a bit hesitant to do that, but I can definitely see them posing a threat. I think I think there's a chance that they can. Um, Sari has really gotten the ball rolling, man, really, really quickly in this team. Like, it's really great how they play, the way they understand each other, and the way that attack was spearheaded by Eden Hazard, but the way they play. The only downside I would say is that it seems like they're really reliant on Hazard. I mean, Morata couldn't buy a goal, man. And Giroud as well, he's really not scoring. He's mostly, he has some good link-up plays, but he's not really scoring lots of goals. So he's definitely going to need help in that attack. Hazard is not going to be the one to score all the goals and for them to reach, to keep pace with Liverpool and Man City. So, yeah, he needs help. Hazard needs help, but Chelsea look good. So on to the fixtures and another mouth-watering game, man. We've got Liverpool versus Manchester City, first against second. This game never, ever disappoints. Ever since Klopp and Guardiola came, this fixture, even before they came, man, but more so now, it just never disappoints. It's like defense is just thrown out of the window and both teams just go all-out attack. I expect the same, the exact same to happen in this match. Maybe Pep will be more cautious considering the fact that Liverpool has actually gotten the better of Manchester City over the past fixtures that they've had. And Liverpool's also playing at home. And Manchester City were able to finally top the league because they got that win over Cardiff. But sorry, over Brighton, I, I should say. Why this game should be interesting, man. I can definitely see Liverpool getting the win again and I'm definitely tipping them to get this win or at least a draw. I don't think Manchester City is going to win this match considering the form that they're in. I know Liverpool has had some disappointing results in the past few weeks, but they're going to be up for this match. I don't think they even need any extra motivation. I mean, it's Man City coming to town. The fans are going to be crazy as ever, as usual. And they're going to be going all out. That high press is going to be seen at its best once again in this match. That should be really fun. I can't wait for this match. It should be a lot of fun. Fun, fun, fun. I keep saying that word, but I don't know what other words to use, man. I just can't wait for this match. I'm really excited for it. We've got Manchester United versus Newcastle. I'm not going to dwell on this too much. 
United, maybe they're going to get the win. Newcastle have also really not been playing well. But this is the perfect kind of match for Newcastle to actually get their season rolling as well. I mean, United are just not in high confidence. Newcastle have had some really tough fixtures since the start of the season. I mean, they've played, they've played Man City, they've played Spurs, they've played Chelsea. And they're about to play United. They've played Arsenal as well. So they have actually basically played five out of six of last season's top six by the end of this week. So they have a good chance, man. If there was ever a chance for Newcastle to come to Old Trafford and get something out of this, this is the match. It's going to be Benitez against Mourinho once again. We all know how much Benitez likes playing against Mourinho. And... Yeah, this this could go either way, man. I don't I'm not gonna predict this match because that's how bad United season seems. Tottenham Hotspur versus Cardiff. Spurs should be able to win this match. Cardiff look like they're just destined for relegation. Spurs are at home. They had a disappointing result against Barcelona, but they should be able to step up and win this match. They've also had a few injuries. I don't know if there have been any injury updates. But regardless of that, I think the team that played against Barcelona should be good enough to dispel of this Cardiff side comfortably. We've got Fulham versus Arsenal. This promises to be another very entertaining match. Fulham have been playing like a team that have been in the league for a while. They're definitely punching above their weights, not playing like newly promoted teams. Alexander Mitrovic is going to be really up for this match. We all know how hard it is for Arsenal to deal with set pieces. And Mitrovic is just born to score headers, man. I have him in my fantasy team. I've also got Lacazette because obviously I expect Arsenal to get a lot of goals as well. I expect both teams to score a lot of goals. This should be a very, very entertaining match. And I don't know. I'm not going to call this. I can see Fulham winning, winning it. I can also see Arsenal winning. Lastly, we've got Southampton versus Chelsea. Southampton have just really been... Nothing nothing inspiring about them for the past few seasons. And it doesn't look like anything is going to change this season. In fact, they could definitely get relegated this season. I think they're due. They're really due a relegation. <laughs> as sad as, as it is for me to say that. But yeah, they've really not done anything special. Chelsea, on the other hand, just look like they're going from strength to strength. I've still got Aiden Hazard in my FPL as well. And I think I'm going to captain him for this match. Should be fun. Let's see how that goes. La Liga, we've got Valencia versus Barcelona. Both teams are not in good form in the league. Valencia had a good result, though, away from home against United. Barcelona had that excellent win against Spurs. So this should be interesting. It's going to be at the Mestalla, though. And Valencia are definitely able to go toe-to-toe against any team that comes to the Mestalla. They're going to be up for this match. The fans are going to be up for this match. So it should be a very interesting game to watch. It could go either way, in my opinion. And we'll see how that goes. We've got Alaves versus Real Madrid. Usually, I would say this should be a straightforward match for Madrid. But considering their past form, I really don't know how this is going to go for them as well. And then we've got Let's Go Madrid versus Real Betis. Let's go Madrid should be like a shock smelling blood right now. They've really got a good chance of going to the top of the league because both Madrid and Barcelona are playing away from home. They've got 
reasonably tricky fixtures as well and Atletico Madrid should be able to dispatch of Real Betis at home even though it's not going to be a huge scoreline but like a 1-0, 2-0 they're the masters of winning slim of winning by slim margins so it shouldn't be any different this time around on to Syria and let's just talk a little bit before I get to the fixtures let's talk a bit about the Juventus-Napoli match we ended 3-1 Ronaldo put on a clinic. He put on the best performance that he's had in a Juventus shirt. I know he didn't score, but he was involved in every single match, man. It He really rolled back the years. It looked like old school Ronaldo. It looked like Manchester United Ronaldo. Taking players on, giving good crosses in the box, tricks, a lot of nice turns, a lot of shots from outside the box. He did it all, man. He really ran the show this time around, and it was a good win for Juve. Napoli played well, though. The scoreline kind of flattered Juventus in some ways because Napoli opened the scoring, and they had some really good chances as well to have made it possibly to have made it like 2 2 or, or 3 2. And the red card that they also got didn't really help matters. But yeah, man, that was their chance to at least close the gap. But now the gap is six points. Juventus are looking like they're going to win the league again for is it the seventh or an eighth straight time? I can't even count anymore. But yeah, but the fixtures though, we've got Udinese versus Juventus. That should be an interesting match. Um, Juventus are playing away from home. Udinese in the past have seemed like a decent, a decently tough team, but this time around they're mid-table, so I don't really know if anything is going to come out from this match, but they, they're definitely going to be up for it. Ronaldo has been rested, didn't play in the Champions League because of his, his suspension, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. We'll see if he's able to kick on again. Despite the controversy that has been surrounded him for the past week, I don't really want to get into that until there's more details about the investigation and everything. But yeah, that should be a fun match for Real Madrid, for Juventus. Sorry about that. And then we've got Empoli versus Roma. Let's see if Roma is going to kick on from their 5 0 win. And then we've got Napoli versus Sassuolo. Let's see if Napoli can also kick on from the win over Liverpool in the Champions League. In League On, we've got PSG versus Lyon. I think this is as entertaining as it's gonna get in in the in the French league this time around. PSG is at home though, so it could not even be a contest. But yeah, it's always expected PSG is gonna win that one. And the Bundesliga, we've got Bayern Munich at home to Borussia Mönchengladbach. Let's see if Bayern can bounce back and get a result after the disappointment that has been the past few weeks for them. And we've got Borussia Dortmund versus FC Augsburg. Let's see if Dortmund, they have a, another chance to maintain their their lead at the top. And lastly, we've got Werder Bremen versus Wolfsburg. Werder Bremen, they look good this season. Let's see if they can get a win as well. But yeah, that's all I've got for you today, guys. Um, Champions League didn't disappoint as usual, but domestic leagues are back. 
So enjoy the games and I will talk to you guys again next week. As I said, I'm your host, David Ballat. You can reach me on Instagram at dballat, that's D-B-A-L-A-T. And on Twitter at dkballat, that's D-K-B-A-L-A-T. So nice talking to you guys again. I'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the games. Bye-bye.